Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Kate, I've got a crazy story for you. Okay. Okay, so our pal Gerald Connors. You remember Gerald? Met yes. Him this summer? Yeah. He sends me uh, these images of a guy's tattoo, and he was like, made me think, Kate, because it's from a book that you've done. Do you recognize the tattoos? Yeah, that's what we did at ALA. Hippos Go Berserk. Yeah. It was a book that we did at ALA uh, by Sandra Boynton, and he sends this to me. I'll put them in the show notes, and I, I said to him, well, it's insane that you would happen to bring that up right now, because I have this book I want to show Kate. So, Kate, even before we talk about anything else in the podcast today... Um, so there's this new uh, Sandra Boynton book. If this hadn't come out so close to our recording at ALA, I would swear this was a response to our podcast because at first you don't think it is. It's just these two hippos. And then you slowly begin to realize that these hippos are the hippos, the two, the very first two hippos that go to the party in Hippos Go Berserk. And remember you had this whole thing theory about these hippos she's given them an entire backstory now we're sort of beginning to understand like what they were doing and why there was a wheelbarrow and what they were up to so this is basically the sequel to hippos go berserk and it's called hippos remain calm which i guess would be the natural sequel to hippos go berserk. so there you go kate i feel like this is the response to the podcast are we in on the dedication be. page we should be by gum who is it dedicated to so it's dedicated for the wondrous janie beals uh cape salatro which i think she meant to say fusing cape yeah. she just spo- spelled it weird yeah i mean you know people yeah. often call me uh janie beals well they call you kate <laughs> Kate Salatro, and this is Cape Salatro, so she was really. I like Salatro, so I love Salatro. <laughs> yes, and uh, besides uh, leafy greens that we enjoy eating, uh, who are you? Me, Kate. Me, Betsy, and this is Fuse Eight and Kate. And what do we do on this podcast? We talk tattoos and hippos. Yes, we do. We, or at least we did. Yeah. Uh, on that particular episode, but in other episodes, we talk about picture books and if they are classics or not but not today today is a very special day because we are talking picture books yes but we are talking new newsy new 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 this is our cal our potential caldecott winner episode so i am charged with coming up with three books that may win caldecott's my track record i don't like to brag but it's pretty good we at least get honors. We usually get honors. <laughs> I was like, it's not that great. You don't it's, pick the winner. <laughs> dude, do you know how many, if you saw how many picture books come out in a given year, you would be like, wow, she is psychic. That I get so that close. Many. I am so close. Well, you usually get at least one honor, which is insane. Yeah, and last year was Night Owl. Yeah. Well, did I bring that one? To- uh-huh. Yeah. See? But, say? See, I remember. Say? I remember the book. I don't think it actually won. No, it, wasn't no, it, hot. it was it Hot was Dog. Not. It was Hot Dog. Was yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't which wanna... I brought in. I know. It was but, one of the ones we I read. Liked, but I like Night Owl better. Well, yeah. I'm sorry. So I'm not going to acknowledge get... it didn't get the torturing the big... of the dog Yes. Book. Yes. 
yes. Well, this year, uh, I got you three books, and two of them you've already read, because uh, I sent them to you early. One of them, I could not do that because I did not have a PDF for it. Um, but I'm going to pull all three out of my bag, and you're going to read them for the lovely listeners okay. who didn't bother to read the program description okay. on today's episode. So here okay. it goes. All right, ready? What's the first one? There was a party for Langston, King O Letters. By Jason Reynolds. Illustrated by Jerome. You can just say the Pumphreys. Oh, the Pumphreys. The Pumphreys. Very good, very good. <laughs> Alright, the second one. Tom Fullery. Randolph Caldecott and the Rambunctious Coming of Age of Children's Books. Bye. Michelle Markle. Illustrated by Barbara McClintock. That's right. And then the third, which you have not seen, is An American Story by Kwame Alexander. Illustrated by Dare Coulter. Yes. So these are the three. Now you wanted one that was controversial. One of these I consider controversial, but it may not be for the reasons that you think. Um, certainly one of these will be, or if it hasn't already been, uh, banned by Moms for Liberty. Like, immediately. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm going to give you all three of these. Okay. You're going to read one of them, and we'll see you when you get back. Okay. Right. Right. While Kate does her read, let's learn something about Randolph Caldecott himself. Why not? He's got an entire picture book bio. But let's talk about something that's not in the picture book bio. Let's talk about his death. Let's talk about where he died and why he's buried in a place very far from his birthplace. So Randolph Caldecott, born in England, basically was a stand-up and cheer kind of fellow, according to everyone who knew him. Um, he was an illustrator. He was respected by Vincent van Gogh and Paul Gauguin. Now, where did he die? Well, you see, he was a little sick. And uh, so he came to America and uh, figuring he would go somewhere warm. But it was, it was super cold here. It was colder than usual here. Uh, it was not a great time to be traveling in America. And he didn't land... In a warm part of America. No, it was 1885, so he landed in New York, and then he went to Washington, and he made himself his way down. He was going south, and he made it to St. Augustine, Florida, whereupon he died. Now, this being the times that they were, it's very hard to ship a body back, so they buried him there. So, for whatever reason, this Englishman is buried in St. Augustine, Florida, and as a result is quite the mecca for people who love them some Caldecott. So that's where he is right now. You can visit him anytime. Go ahead, enjoy the uh, the Evergreen Cemetery. It's on the west side of St. Augustine. And you too, if you're an American and you have for some reason have to go to Florida, this would be a good place to go uh, when you do so. So enjoy that. Okay, we got three books. Ooh. We gotta dive. Okay. Dive in. We're going to go in. in the order that I read them. Interesting. Okay. So All right. we're going to start with, there was a party for Langston. Correct. King O Letters. Right. And as soon as you open the cover, the, what do you call these, end pages? The end papers, yeah. Yeah. I, right away, I felt bad because I didn't know who a lot of these people on the, you know, on. Yeah. Because. That's because you don't read picture book biographies of these people, which is what I do a lot. I, sh- so. I sure don't, Betsy. I yeah. know who the Kardashians are mm. and not who Alice Dunbar Nelson is, for example. Actually, that one was one of the ones I didn't know. Um, but Paul Lawrence Dunbar, I know, but not 
Yeah, not Alice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they haven't had a picture book buy over yet, so not my fault. So there was this party for Langston Hughes at the library. You can tell that the illustrator had fun uh, with the colors and the different ways of incorporating letters and words into the pictures. Yes, the typography is incredible. Yeah, for example, there's an illustration of um, like a little jazz quartet. Uh, There's someone playing the bass, someone playing the piano, and someone playing the saxophone. But the illustrator took the word blues and made the B into the bass and the S oh, into cute. the saxophone. Yeah, I didn't notice that. And the L-U-E is part oh, of the piano. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, it's very clever. So these are all done with stamps. They do wow. all this art with stamps. I can't even begin to fathom how you would but even do that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, and I noticed that the illustration that has the Statue of Liberty and a few pages later, there's a, there's a illustration of a typewriter. Mm-hmm. The illustrator took a portion of his poem, Let America Be America Again, and used the words from that poem on both pages. Yes, which is fascinating. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, this book is sort of based on a true thing that happened. They were opening in the Schomburg Library, which is a branch of near Public Library, one of the research branches, uh, they were opening a new auditorium for Langston Hughes. They invited a bunch of authors to come. And Langston Hughes's ashes are under the floor of the lobby. And so basically over his ashes, they started dancing. And so you have this photograph of, uh, oh God, who Ma- is it? We'll get to it, oh, Okay, well, anyway. Don't spoil it. There's something that happens in this we'll book get that there's to a photo it. of. Yeah, okay. Meanwhile, there's an illustration of birds flying in the sky and his poem, uh, Dream Variations, is used on the pages with the birds flying. So mm-hmm. the illustrator was definitely pulling from his work to Two. make a lot of this art. Two illustrators. These are brothers. Oh. Yeah. Clever. <laughs> yeah. My favorite page in the entire book is the book burning page mm-hmm. because the author and the illustrators uh, yeah. <laughs> they play so well with each other and they they make each other the star which That's, is not easy i've noticed that too where it's like you can't separate the text from the art the text is literally within the art to what extent did they work together I, this is very unclear to me and then my Angelou shows up. Yeah, then my Angelou shows up. Yeah, because she is the one in the photograph dancing. That's by right. The way. That's right. The person that she's dancing with in the photograph, the text just says Amiri. Yeah, which I found was strange. I'm like, he's not exactly a household 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 name. I mean, well, Amiri Baraka. Is it Amiri Baraka? Yeah. Okay. And yeah. and I had to look him up because I didn't know who that was. But I feel like that's the perfect reason to look someone up is if you don't know him. Yeah. That's what Google's for. Exactly. <laughs> However, I also found out that he was anti-Semitic and apparently homophobic, even though he was bisexual. And Maya Angelou confronted him on those things. Ha. But she also was friends with him and had known him for over 40 years. So having them dance together, you know, makes sense. Yeah. Well, it actually happened. Right. <laughs> so there you go, yeah. So yeah, I didn't know this actually happened until I hit the back matter. Oh! Where you can see the actual photograph. Is it in the book? It is Okay, in that's the good. Book. I was concerned that it was not in the book and that I had Boop. Googled it and that was, oh, good. They talk about that's a bit cool. about his poetry, a bit about her poetry, and then it ends with them dancing, and then it comes back to the party where everyone is dancing mm-hmm. and celebrating and... Yeah. Yeah, so... 
overall, I, I had to just fly through this because we have a lot of books. You do, yeah, but yeah. But yeah. overall, I like the writing and I like the illustrations, which I don't say very often that I like both. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I had talked more about Langston Hughes than going off and talking about other poets, but I get that it's because this book all started from that photograph. Right. I think that he's the starting point for all this discussion, but then it's important to work in all the people who have been inspired by him over right. the centuries. I just kind of wish it was more about him. Decades, yeah. yeah. No, I get that. I get that. But we've got a lot of Langston Hughes picture books, so huh. <laughs> this is a nice variation on that. All right. Well, next we got Tom Foolery. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I didn't know what was going on with these end papers because you've got, like, a dog chilling, which would be my tattoo. Um, you've got someone who looks like he's spontaneously combusted. He does, You've yeah. got a dish and a spoon talking to each other. I mean, this definitely has my attention, mm-hmm. but isn't it kind of cheating to have a book about Randolph Caldecott and not have it win a Caldecott? It seems like it's a guaranteed shoo-in. So I'm just going to say right off the start, this is my most controversial pick because... It is incorporating not just the art of Barbara McClintock, but actual art from Randolph Caldecott in the art. And that makes me wonder, under the current guidelines, can it even win a Caldecott? Because, ironically, it includes the art of Caldecott? Hmm. I don't know. It's going to come down to the committee. Um, but if it did win, it's incorporating a lot of other art. So, right. It, it looks like it's taking pictures from, you know, stories that were, you know, written and illustrated in like the 1800s. Yeah, so. Walter Crane and all that. Yeah. yeah. So it's the story about Randolph. Um, he had a weak heart, but he really liked, uh, you know, drawing pictures. But his dad was like, you should stop drawing pictures and work in a bank. But I like this illustration of it says when his son turned 15 and I'm looking at the illustration and I'm like, OK, yeah. That's a realistic-ish 15-year-old. <laughs> That's someone who's seen a 15-year-old before. The book that you gave me last episode, not so much because... Oh, yes. I did an Instagram quiz yeah. for yeah. Uh, Snowflake Bentley, and yeah. I asked people, how old do you think he is in this picture? I said, 15... <laughs> 35, <laughs> 50, and then the last one was none of the above, that's his mom. Almost everyone <laughs> selected that one, Betsy. Oh, okay. All right. See? Well, you were right then. So I'm glad we have a realistic yes. uh, 15-year-old kid here. Yeah. Uh, but, right, so he would, uh, he, he worked, but he would also draw on the side. But, again, I like the kind of mixed media here where you've got actual newspaper or book clippings it's mixed cool. in with the drawings. It's very cool. My favorite page is when, okay, so he's tired of working for the bank and he wants to leave Manchester and go to London. You turn the page. Oh, that's London, all right. You've, oh, God. You've got the Palace of Westminster. You've got Big Ben. You've got the Thames. You're walking along the Thames, You've yeah. got all these different people on the street. There's so much to look at, but there's so much detail in the buildings. It's beautiful. This is the point where I'll say, this illustrator is self-taught. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just think about that for a moment. Well, it sounds like Randolph Caldecott was, too. There you go. So, so how, how appropriate is that, my friend? Yeah. Very appropriate. Something that I really like that the book clearly says in black and white is that, you know, he really wanted to be the best artist, but he wasn't as skilled as other people, you know, who studied at Paris. But you turn the page and it says, he tries, which I think is a message that you got to hear. You might not be the best Mm -hmm. in school and you might not be the most physically fit, but that's no reason not to try. Yeah. 
So yeah, it's I, a good lesson, yeah. Yeah. Well, his drawings get the attention of, of a color printer. Mm-hmm. And the two of them are, are meeting each other and shaking hands. And we must be in his studio because there's a lot of his different art yeah. um, on the walls, on an easel. And then you have his, like, drawing table. Yeah. And it looks like it's a illustration of him looking at a sign that has an address. And I went, oh, <laughs> okay. What is this address? Yeah. So I looked it up. Well, what's the address? Uh, it's in London. Okay. And wouldn't you know it? It's the Randolph Caldecott blue plaque at 46 Gray Russell Street. Get out of town. I thought that was a fun <laughs> what little... A little Easter egg she slipped in there. Yeah. Sneaky. <laughs> And you can see all of his, uh, you know, illustrations, uh, you know, on the different pages of what he starts. Because he's asked to start writing or start illustrating kids' books. And he's like, well, I haven't done that before. And all the ones that are out there suck. So I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna do one that doesn't suck. Except, again, it looks like this guy riding a horse is, like, blown up. It does look like his up. head just blown up. Yeah. yeah what yeah. is going on here? I have no idea. I've never read that one. <laughs> And I really like this page where on the left-hand side, you have folks from the late 1800s, early 1900s, you know, know, looking at books, presumably with his illustrations. And then on the right, you have modern-day illustrators. And do you recognize any of these people? Because I recognize two of them. I recognized all but the far two left, so I had to have them double-checked, and the internet informed me that's Trina Shard Hyman, and then the very first Caldecott winner is the very first woman. Oh. They're each reading their own books. Also, she slipped herself in. Uh, Barbara McClendon is sitting on the ground. Nice. Uh, so she put herself, though she has never won a Caldecott. Oh. Uh, or Caldecott honor. And she's been in the business decades and decades so it's insane that she has never won anything yeah i recognize maurice sendak yeah sendak's reading chair, uh, yeah. where the wild things are and then uh, dan santat my illustrator is uh is in there so there you go and then uh, the lighthouse book that oh, we dressed yeah, up Sophie Blackhall. Yeah. yeah she's in there too yeah no there's a fair number of people in there some of them i had to nice identify from easter their eggs. books but yeah it's a very cute easter egg and then he, you know, drew a lot more at the end but <laughs> and died in florida and Fun then fact. you have more back matter than I've ever seen for a book ever. This yeah. must be a record. Yeah. No, no. The record is for uh, Fry Bread, uh, which had, I think, something like 15 pages of back matter. <laughs> this one comes close, but... but Two, uh, four, six. Okay. Oh, this is only six pages. Yeah, but, but still. it's still significant. Yeah. She did her research. And this is... Okay. It's, it's definitely a fun nonfiction biography, uh, a lot more entertaining than the last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, his illustrations just flow so well into hers. It's yeah, very that's seamless. Thing, yeah. Um, at first, I thought it was pandering to the judges panel by having a book about him. But after seeing these illustrations, I could see a deserving one. I mean, um, it's a very eclectic, original way of using art. And it just comes down to whether they recognize it. But do I think it's going to win? No. Yeah. No. Do you know what I think is going to win, Betsy? What's that? It's the last book you gave oh, me. I wondered if you think that. An American story. Ah, uh, Kwame. He's going to get tired of winning Caldecott's one of these days. <laughs> it's the most stunning of the three. There's so many different types of art. Yeah. It's clay with paintings, with charcoal drawings it's it's 
a variety. It almost feels like a brag because it's like, <laughs> look, I can do. Oh, I can do charcoal. Oh, you want model work? I can do model work. It's just insane. So this whole book is just explaining, you know, how do you tell the story of slavery? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't shy away from writing things like uh, an unbelievable story about evil plans and big guns. I was like, oh. Yep, right there. Oh, that's We're in there. Okay. Right there. You know, I had mentioned my favorite pages in the other books, like the book burning one, the one of the 1800s versus 19. 19- Mm-hmm. 21st century people reading the books i don't want to say this is my favorite i will say this is the most powerful image in the book it is mm-hmm. in clay uh it looks like people are in chains uh and it just the clay makes it look so realistic and then you turn the page and it goes to a charcoal drawing mm-hmm. i like that the story jumps between storytelling and being in the classroom with kids asking questions on the yellow charcoal drawing pages. It went from bound hands to raised hands. Raised free charcoal hands. Yeah. Yeah. But as I said, the writing doesn't do what you would expect a kid's book to do. It's not being, you know, colorful or creative. Mm -hmm. It is straight to the point. There were men with big guns and folks enslaved who, as it says, sometimes die mm-hmm. uh it's kind of refreshing that they're not sugarcoating anything yeah that's really i think his entire point point. and then you get to this page where it shows women um and men pulling i'm not sure what it is that they're pulling it from might be water. rice it's either i don't think it's indigo so i think it's rice and i'm looking at this i'm like okay it looks like it's a drawing but it looks like there's water actually reflecting what is this photography? What you, is going on here? I don't even know how you even begin it's to make so that. It's so many different kinds of art that is yeah. just, it, it's stunning. Yes. Yeah. Every, every, every page is stunning. Yep. And then you get, and then we're going to go back to the words now. Uh, where, <laughs> where then it says, you know, the you, there's a page of a young black man who is picking cotton. And on the other side of the page, there is a white blonde haired boy reading a book. And then at the very bottom of the page, it says, and no reading aloud and no reading aloud. I was like, holy crap. I didn't even realize there were two different ways of saying aloud. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Aloud or a loud. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. So good. Yeah. But what a shift in the narrative when the teacher is saying, I, I don't, think i can continue that it's just too painful i i shouldn't have read this to you i'm so sorry children and i was like wait what yeah wait yeah what what and and on this page you have again on the left side clay of a young boy with rope around his neck and on the right side modernized in the charcoal drawing of a boy from today and i'm just thinking what no, that can't be the end of the book. You can't just end it like that. Right, and then you exactly. turn the page and no, the the kids are the ones that stand up. And I love that they're making a Black Lives Matter sign mm-hmm. and that this book, you know, becomes so modernized and, and they're the kids are trying to like encourage the teacher, like, no, we we've been taught that you have to keep going and that you you have to do better in the future. And I'm like, oh my I know. God. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. The future generation gets it. <laughs> exactly. And the last image that brings together the two different art forms where you have the past 
but it's in clay. And then on the right side, you have today, but it's the charcoal drawing and the two come together. Mm-hmm. Holy moly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I okay. So then, yes, there's back matter, not multiple pages no, of it. No, 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 no. But the author says that a lot of teachers don't know how to teach the truth about slavery to kids. And he hopes that this book can help speak that truth, which I also hope that is what this book is doing. Um, And then the illustrator confirmed that half the sculptures are water-based clay, the rest are polymer clay, plus there's acrylic paintings and spray paint and charcoal, all photographed. Yeah. So also have to put some photography skills in there as well. And it took (laughs) six years to make this book. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. You look at this and you're like, oh, yeah. I mean, hands down, this is the winner. No, without a well, doubt. Nope, it's the winner, Betsy. All right. I, I so, I say, wait, how are we going to do this? Because uh, you you say what you think your winner is. And but I, I already, winners, yeah, right? it's, uh, you don't need to say what your winner is because I know for here's, both of us. So here's why I'm thinking it's not the winner. What? No, 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 no. No, bear with me. I'm not saying it doesn't deserve to be the winner. However, there has been a push to have more books of black joy. Books that are honest, but that have... Now, that book has moments of joy in it, which I appreciate. Um, But I feel like the Jason Reynolds Pumphrey book is an example of being very clever in what it's doing, but also is a moment of joy and elation and the dancing and the movement and the coming together. It's also the past and the different generations coming together. But this isn't book, the Caldecott about the art? It's about the art and the text working together, which it does very well. It could easily be the winner. Um, he already won a couple years ago for another beautiful book, uh, Undefeated. So Caldecott committees are not supposed to take into account if a person's won in the past. Um, this could easily be the winner. But I feel like it's going to be the Langston book. I don't know. Okay. We're going to have to see. All right, Uh, letters time. All right, so this one's from Katie. She writes, Hi, Betsy and Kate. I'm sending a picture that I took for you back in July, but it seemed appropriate to send it now. These are neighbors of mine who keep this cousin of Hank's up year round (laughs) and decorate him for all the appropriate holidays. To be clear, Hank is my 12 foot tall skeleton. I'm so sorry to hear your neighbor... Kate is so offended by Hank. <laughs> and yeah. then she uh, she recommends a bunch of books. And she says, thank you so much to both of you for the podcast, which is a joy. Still so sad that I didn't get to meet you both in 2020. Happy holidays to you and yours. Yeah, we were supposed to go to Ann Arbor in 2020. That's right. We are supposed to go to Ann Arbor. Uh, <laughs> next one comes from Rebecca. Hi, Kate and Betsy. Hello. Have you done the Stinky Cheese Man or the true story of the three little pigs yet? I have listened to just about every episode, but now I can't recall. Uh, yes, in fact, we did both of those. They are both by John Cheska. So that's fun. Uh, thanks for the fun podcast. And uh, yeah, so those are our letters for today. Okay. All right. Grown up things we like. So I have been binging this TV, this British TV show called Taskmaster on YouTube. I'm currently watching season 16. You haven't watched all 16. No, 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 no. I'm I'm starting with the most recent going backwards. That's what I was going to do. And every season they bring on, I guess, five celebrity contestants to do different tasks for 10 episodes. And they're awarded points throughout the season. 
Um, the current season that I'm watching includes Sue Perkins, who was one of the original hosts of the Great British Baking Show, and she's freaking hilarious. Oh. Um, the show is not kid-friendly because they swear, uh, but all the episodes are on YouTube, so if it's cold and dark at 4 p.m. and you want to watch something to binge <laughs> in front of the TV, the episodes are only 45 minutes. I highly recommend this hilarious show called Taskmaster. Yes, it was recommended on Pop Culture Happy Hour, and that's how I learned about it. Yeah. So, yeah, I have seen at least one episode. It is excellent and not kid-friendly. My, my friend in pottery class was the one that recommended it to me. There so you go. I'm just there passing you go. it along. Excellent. Uh, this one, next one, is what I would call a mom recommendation in that our mother would love this. I'm sure it's been recommended to her by her sister, our Aunt Judy, and she will therefore ignore it because <laughs> now two people in the family are trying to <laughs> watch slash listen to this. Um, have you heard of the Murderbot Diaries by Martha Wells? No. Okay, this is a, I guess novella would be the best way to call them. They're very short books. They're science fiction. Uh, the first one is All Systems Read. I listened to the audiobook, which I highly recommend, uh, by Kevin R. Free. They're quick and they're funny. Uh, they are about a, I guess you could call him a cyborg, but not really. He's got human and he's got robot parts. He's a security unit, uh, but he's hacked his own mainframe, so he no longer has to answer to the company that he works for. He calls himself Murderbot in his own head. He could murder everybody instantly if he wanted to, but all he wants to do is binge uh, his soap operas, basically, which he does quite a bit. He does not, he just cannot be bothered with anyone. And but he, unfortunately, he is getting kind of attached for, to the humans that he has been assigned to. And it's a mystery. He's got to solve this mystery of who's trying to sabotage them. Um, he, it's, it's clever people being clever, exceedingly funny. And they're turning it into an Apple TV uh, version starring Alexander Skarsgård. Oh. Uh, who I believe was on True Blood. So Yeah. Yes. Uh, the Murderbot Diaries. They're fantastic. Okay. Yay. Nice. Well, yes. our next episode is our 300th episode. It is a 300th episode. And do we have something special? <gasps> we do, and it alludes to one of the letters that we just got. Hmm, what, what, what? What? And one of the letters alluded to a very famous author. Hmm. Do you remember which one it was? Mm, Kwame Alexander. No. Oh. It would be quite the get. Now, wouldn't it? <laughs> but no. Oh. Can I say? Should I say? No. All just... right, people. You're going to have to figure it out yourself, but we will have a very special guest for the next episode. Episode 300. Yay! <laughs> and until we reveal who that guest is, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram, Threads, and Blue Sky at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8, Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM, or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our cow Drew is Drew Atienza. Fuse8 and Kate is a creation of Kate, Atienza, and Betsy Bird. <laughs>